Chapter 12 of Billy Whiskers Travels. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Tom Merritt. Billy Whiskers Travels by Francis Trago Montgomery. Chapter 12 Billy Earns His Name. The first day, Billy was allowed to walk around for only an hour. The second day, he was allowed out for two hours. And by the end of that week, he was turned loose without a bandage of any sort on his leg, as well as ever. And how he did enjoy his freedom. He had all the chickens to get acquainted with, including the two little bantam roosters, Spunk and Saucebox, who would jump up on Bobby's finger and crow whenever they were told to do so. A dozen pigeons he had to meet, and four dogs. A pair of pointers, Ponto and Patty, and a pair of greyhounds, Hurricane and Lightning, none of which had been in the barn to see him while he was sick. It was while he was meeting all these new friends that he felt something suddenly swoop on his head, just between his horns, while something sharp dug into his hair. The other animals to whom he had been talking began to laugh, and a hoarse voice from between his horns joined in the merriment. Then Billy knew that Tar Wings was taking one of his surprising ways of saying good morning. Of all the animals here, you're the only one that hasn't given me a ride, said Tarwings. And now I think I'll take it. Get up. He grabbed his beak into the hair on Billy's forehead and spread his jet black wings. Oh, ho, said Billy. I'll give you a ride you won't like. So he started forward, but all at once lay down and rolled over. Tarwings was too quick for him, however, for as Billy went over, he flew up in the air a foot or two, and as Billy came back on his feet, there was the crow again, holding tight with beak and talons and laughing more than ever. The pony and the cow were both loose in the barnyard, and they enjoyed the joke on Billy as much as the dogs or the chickens or pigeons. Billy was the only one in the barnyard who did not seem to see the fun. His next attempt to get rid of Tarwings was to run straight at the fence and butt it. But once more, the crow was too quick, and Billy only got a hard bump for his pains, while the crow settled down on his head again. You're the best of all laughed the crow. You put so much more spirit and spunk into your work. I believe I'll ride with you always after this. All right, said Billy. This time I'll give you a good ride. So Billy began to go in a circle around and around the barnyard. All the time he had his eye on a thick clump of gooseberry bushes over in one corner 
and as he ran he gradually widened the circle until one trip was right close up to those bushes on the next circle just as he came to them he suddenly wheeled and dived head first in among them and this time he caught jimmy tarwings the sharp branches scraped the crow off of billy's back and mussed up his feathers till he looked as if he had been in a cyclone the thorns scarcely bothered billy's tough hide and he quickly made his way out of the bushes to join his particular friends dandy and king this time it was billy's laugh caw caw cried the crow presently limping out from the bushes he was a sorry-looking sight but the other animals did not have much pity on him for he was such a mischief and it was fun to see him caught at his own game so they simply capered around and laughed at him bobby who had just come out in time to see billy plunge into the gooseberry bushes also stopped to laugh but when the crow flew to him he quit at once and smoothing down the feathers examined tar wings carefully to see whether he had any serious hurt serves you right old fellow said he holding the bird close up to his cheek if you will indulge in rough play you may expect to get hurt now and then come here dandy dandy came running to him and bobby quickly hitched him up bobby was a busy boy and a thrifty one he had bought an acre of ground just behind the barnyard on credit a long time ago and had paid for it out of the proceeds of the garden truck which he had raised on it he sold eggs and chickens in the village and raised squab which he sent to the nearby city besides this he sometimes used dandy and his wagon for light hauling turning an honest penny whenever he could as mr sanders ran the mill in the village and was doing very nicely in a business way bobby was free to keep all his money for himself and to do with it as he pleased for he had long ago proved that he could be trusted with money today he had a little hauling to do and he drove dandy out to the road with a cheery good-bye to his happy barnyard family bobby left the barnyard gate slightly ajar and he had no more than gone when billy as full of curiosity as ever managed to swing the gate and push it wide open then he darted out followed by all the chickens which immediately scattered to the flower beds and vegetable garden to scratch and eat the tender leaves mrs sanders had just hung out her clothes nice white linen always had struck billy as being a fine thing to chew on he liked it almost as well as boys and girls do chewing gum of course when he saw some hanging down for his especial benefit it was no more than polite for him to walk up and 
take a nibble. Just as he reached up for it, however, Jimmy Tarwings swooped down on Billy's back to give him a scratch with his talons and a nip with his bill, and Billy, not expecting it, of course gave a jump, and his head ran right through the neck of one of Mr. Sanders' undershirts, where he stuck. Of course Billy struggled to get away, and of course Jimmy Tarwings, seeing that Billy was fastened, jumped on his back again and began to claw him with his sharp nails. Get up, croaked Jimmy. I'm ready for another ride now. Get up, goat. Billy ran backwards, but the undershirt stuck on his horns and he could not get it off over his head. He ran forward and it stuck on his shoulders. One of the clothes props came down and the line sank still lower so that he had a better chance to struggle, which he did. Another clothes prop came down, and now a great many of the nice white clothes lay dragging on the ground. Billy, goaded on by the crow, gave another terrific lunge, and this time the line came loose at both ends, and the whole string of clothes dragged on the ground after the galloping goat, while Jimmy Tarwings spread his wings and shrieked with joy. He was having the ride of his life. Around the house and past the kitchen, Billy tore, scattering chickens right and left, and followed by all the dogs, yelping and barking, and thinking it the greatest fun that had happened in a long time. Around to the front of the house went the queer procession, and straight through Mrs. Sanders' pet geranium bed. All scarlet, with beautiful blossoms that Billy's samples of wet clothing mashed down flat. Mrs. Sanders was just opening the front door to scrub off her porch when she saw her clothes making such a queer trip. Of course she ran out. But just as she stooped to catch the line, a flapping sheet whipped around her foot and gave her a jerk that sent her rolling over in the grass, while the rest of the string of clothes swept on over her, some of the wet garments dragging right across her face. She was not hurt a bit, and she even had to laugh at what a ridiculous figure she must have cut if anybody had been looking. But nevertheless, she took after Billy and her clothes again. Billy, by this time, had made a circle, which wiped out a pansy bed. And now, frantic to get away from this strange harness and from his tormentor, the crow, he made a dash for the open front door. The line of clothes caught on the front step. But now Billy was going so fast that the undershirt tore and let him kick himself free. Moreover, as it passed on over his back, it caught Jimmy Tarwings, and for the second time that morning swept him from Billy's back. This time he was in a worse fix than before, for the wet garment, in springing back, rolled him up in a tight wad and thumped him back on the steps. 
Billy dashed straight on toward an open door across the room. He was so confused that he did not see exactly where he was going and did not dodge the center table quite in time. He ran against one leg of it, and over the table went with a crash, throwing a big lamp over and spilling it on the sofa, drenching it with oil and breaking a lot of choice china bric-a-brac that Mrs. Sanders had collected. Out through the kitchen, Billy hurried with the dogs, Mrs. Sanders right after him. The kitchen door was closed, but the window was open, so Billy gave a jump through it, and here he made more trouble, for on a low, wide shelf, just outside the kitchen window, Mrs. Sanders had placed some pies, which she had just taken from the oven. Billy landed on this shelf and upset it, throwing all the pies upside down on the ground, while the dogs came pouring out of the window in such haste that some of them turned somersaults when they reached the gravel. Even the collie puppies had toddled behind on this chase, and now they could be heard yelping in the kitchen and wishing that they would hurry and grow up so that they too could jump through windows. Billy began to think it was time for him to get away from there, so he whirled again for the front of the house, ran with all his might down to the gate, and jumped square over it into the road outside. Fine, said a cheery voice that Billy recognized at once. That was a great jump. I guess I'll have to make a high jumper out of you. Billy stopped, ashamed of himself. For a minute, he had been wanting to run away from this kind friend of his. But all at once, he made up his mind to stay right where he was and take a whipping if he had to have it. And, as all the dogs piled out of the gate after him and set up a yelping and capering around Bobby and Dandy, Billy stood among them, his head hanging down, feeling very cheap. Bobby, who had forgotten something and come back for it, was a little puzzled until he looked up to the house and saw his mother sitting on the front porch, holding up her line of draggled, dirty clothes, while Tiny, the cow, was calmly eating up her nasturtium bed, unnoticed. Then Bobby understood. You're a bad goat, he said to Billy, shaking his finger at him. I have been puzzling what to name you, but now I know. And by some strange accident, he landed on the very name that Billy's mother had given him long before. I'm going, he said, to call you Billy Mischief. Billy had to behave himself splendidly to make the Sanders family forget that morning's mischief. But at last... Mrs. Sanders remembered that she had seen Jimmy Tarwings on Billy's back when he was running with the clothes fast to his neck, and so they blamed it on the crow. They were used to blaming mischief on that busy bird, so that a little, more or less, did not matter much to him. And now Billy's education began. Every day for an hour or so, Bobby taught tricks to the pets. 
The first time Billy saw this, he scarcely knew his new friends. They were so different and so much in earnest. First of all, Bobby, who had been training his animals for a long time, placed a row of boxes in front of the barn. Dandy! he cried, and the pony ran quickly to the big box in the center and stood upon it. King! Queen! Bobby cried, and the two dogs jumped upon the boxes, one each side of the pony. Ponto! Patty! And the next box on each side was filled. Curly! Spot! Hurricane! Lightning! And the next four boxes, two on each side, were occupied. This disposed of all the dogs, except the six little collie puppies. And Bobby next called the names of these, one at a time. Of course, the puppies did not know what to do, but as soon as Bobby had called the name of one of them, he set that one up on its box, so that it would soon learn to know where it belonged. Jimmy! called Bobby, and down from the barn fluttered Jimmy Tarwing and sat on the pony's head. Then Bobby gave a peculiar, low, thrilling whistle, and with a whirl and a rush, the pigeons came circling and fluttering down, each one landing on the head of one of the dogs. Spunk! Sauce box! Bobby called, and the two bantams jumped up, one on each of his outstretched hands. Two of the pigeons settled down on each of Bobby's shoulders, and one on top of his head. The two bantam roosters started to crow as loud as they could, and that was the signal for the pony, and all the dogs except the puppies, to stand up on their hind feet, while the crow and the pigeons fluttered their wings. Down, said Bobby, and they all settled back upon their haunches. Bobby dropped his arms, and the bantam roosters fluttered to the ground. Next, Bobby brought out a barrel and called Dandy. The pony came running, and with a little jump, landed right on top of the barrel, rolling it forwards and backwards, without Bobby helping him in any way, or even coming near him. Then Bobby took a mouth harp from his pocket, and began to play a lively little waltz tune, upon which Dandy jumped on top of a little platform that Bobby had built, and standing on his hind feet, began to waltz. "'On your head now, Dandy,' called Bobby, and the pony after much struggling, managed to stand on his head for a moment. This was a new trick that Bobby had been nearly a year in teaching him. But now he was almost able to do it without trouble, although it was very, very difficult. This was not all of the tricks Dandy could do, for he could spell his own name and Bobby's and some others by pawing printed cards around, and could pick out colors when told to do so, 
and could answer questions by nodding his head and count up simple figures by pawing with his foot but his master did not ask him to do all these tricks this time bobby was as considerate of his animals as if they were human friends bobby next called king and queen and they came with a rush jumping upon the platform and sitting with their forelegs up happy and eager bobby put the empty barrel which was open at both ends and scraped smooth inside on the platform then king and queen got one on each side of it and rolled it backward and forward then they both jumped on top of it one facing one way and the other the other and rolled it king walking backwards and queen walking forwards when it was at the very edge of the platform king walked forwards and queen walked backwards and rolled it the other way then at bobby's command they stopped it in the middle of the platform where king stood toward one end of it tilting the other end up while queen pushed that end so that it stood upright then king and queen jumped into it both at once from opposite directions tilting the barrel over and coming out side by side a very difficult trick and one that had taken bobby a long while to teach them then he threw them a light rubber ball and king taking it in his teeth would toss it and queen would catch it then she would toss it back they were ready to do still more tricks but bobby never put them through all that they knew at one time not wishing to tire them ponto and patty he called and the two pointers took the places of the collies they stood on rolling globes turned somersaults and jumped straight up in the air to catch a piece of red leather that bobby had hung from a light horizontal bar which he kept putting higher and higher for them they did other tricks and then the greyhounds did some very wonderful high jumping the terriers waltzed and turned back springs and walked a tightrope the pigeons at bobby's command wheeled in the air two by two by fours in single file and in fact went through a regular drill just above bobby's head it was a finer performance than those usually seen in traveling shows bobby had taught all these pets of his just for his own amusement and they seemed to enjoy it just as much as he did and after each one had done his part bobby always had some little delicacy for him a lump of sugar for the pony little pieces of meat for the dogs some special seed for the pigeons and he had a pat on the head and a loving word for all of them all over he cried at last and the patient animals ran scampering from their boxes now billy mischief said bobby turning to our friend the goat come on and we'll learn a stunt or two ourselves 
Billy came willingly enough when his name was called, and when Bobby patted his hands on the boards, Billy jumped upon the platform. Shake hands, said Bobby. Of course, Billy did not know what this meant, but Bobby caught hold of one of his forefeet and lifted it up, shaking it gently. Then he set it down and patted Billy on the flanks. Shake hands, he said again, and this time he tapped Billy on the leg. Still, Billy did not know what to do, so Bobby once more picked up his foot and shook it, then patted him on the shoulder. A dozen times Bobby patiently did this, until at last, when he said, shake hands, and tapped Billy gently on the leg, Billy lifted up his hoof and laid it in Bobby's hand to be shaken. Good boy, said Bobby, patting him, and reaching in his pocket, he drew out some tender lettuce leaves, which he had found Billy liked better than anything else. That was all for that morning. The next morning, Bobby only had to say, shake hands, twice, until Billy lifted up his hoof. And before that lesson was over, he only needed the words, and did not even need to be tapped on the leg for two or three days longer. That was all the lesson he got, because it does not do to try to teach animals too many tricks at once. It only confuses them. But Billy, once started, was very quick to learn. Soon he could do as many tricks as the best of them, and had his box right alongside his friend Dandy's. Some of the tricks that he had learned were brand new ones. They had never been seen in a show or anywhere else. And how Billy did like the work. How he did like Bobby and all his animal friends. And how he did like this peaceful, happy place. End of chapter 12